I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, and welcome to the Pick and Roll podcast. Today, I got a good one for you guys. So basically, um, we're still doing full game breakdowns. I'm going to give you guys a little intro into what we're talking about this this week only one game was substituted um so we got the g league ignite team watched them play uh the 28th got ron holland matas Bazils, aizan almanza tyler smith the other few guys to play on their team are not draft weather prospects so we're not gonna really talk much about them um the second game was melvin adhensia He's a six-seven forward from France. It's extremely hard getting a hold of his tape. I was finally able to get a hold of a full game, and man, was I impressed. Um, and the next game is Duke versus Arizona, where we got Tyrese Proctor, Kyle Filipowski, Jared McCain, Travion Brazil from Arkansas, who's a six-nine uh, power forward. We haven't talked on this podcast about him yet. Watched Baylor versus Florida. That was a really good game where Jacoby Walter, Jalen Bridges, Yavis Messi, Riley Krugel, all those guys played really well together. And one game that got moved back the next week is UConn versus Indiana. That battle, Donovan Klingon versus Kyle Ware. Well, I'll break that down next week because there's a good. Because, you know, the best way to explain this is... Two years ago, Jalen Williams, who's the Oklahoma City Thunder's two-guard, came out in the draft. And throughout the whole mock draft process, the NBA draft process, nobody knew his name. Literally, he wasn't on the second round of any big boards. He wasn't in the top 90 people's big boards. People have like 100 big boards. wasn't on anything until... NBA Combine Day, where they're like the six six two guard is has a seven two wingspan, and you watch him play, and I'm like, how have I not heard of this phenomenal passing shooting guard that's six six with a seven two wingspan that's got great sh- shot creation abilities, and has a phenomenal shooting splits? I'm like, man, wow, the NBA did a really good job of hiding him because he was the twelfth pick in the draft, and he's succeeding. I think it might have been a little higher than twelve. But And he's succeeding right now for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's a big-time player for them. Top three, top four players for the future for them. And you know what I mean? And that's the reality is a lot of these smaller school guys, he was a smaller school guy. Um, where, do you, where is he from? Santa Clara is where he played. Um, so that's a like a whack school. And so a lot of these smaller school guys that have great stats that most people don't know about are because you know, you're not really doing research on them. So that's what I was trying to do this weekend. This, this whole last week, I was like, man, I'm trying to find some of these smaller school kids, see if I can find anybody. I watched like 15 games. Only two people jumped onto my eyes that like maybe well, realistically, I probably watched like 10 players, 10 to 15 players. And like only two caught my eye. Um, one of them is not really good enough to be talked about in the podcast. I'm like a second round guy, but the other kid is wow. 
the other kid is wow and the other kid we're gonna break down and watch two full games because he's that interesting he's southern illinois xavier johnson six foot one all right <laughs> he played against oklahoma state in that the game we'll talk about he played in another game that i watched as well so first game up though we're gonna go ahead and talk about the g league a night team so the first man up in that game that everybody's gonna want to hear me talk about is ron holland ron holland um has played 16 games so far, averaging 18 a game, 46% field goal percentage, 23% three-point percentage, and 68% free throw percentage. And, you know, the issue is the three-point shot. The, it, it's it's so, so poor. That's a real issue for him and his ability to, you know, sell teams that his shot creation ability is going to really be able to translate to the NBA. Because he does do some decent, has some show some flashes of shot creation from the three point line. It's interesting, but when you shoot twenty three percent, nobody really cares. Like nobody really cares when it's that bad. Now he's six foot eight. He's really strong, really athletic. One thing that uh, I'm a hundred percent certain on is Ron Holland's one heck of a rim attacker. Man, can he get downhill and be dominant at the rim? It's genuinely special. It, like, it makes sense why people had him as a number one pick projected guy, because that's how special his ability to get to the rim in is and how special his athletic gifts are. And, you know what I mean? I, I definitely feel like the inefficiencies are a real issue, but he's just so special getting to the rim, and he flashed a lot better defense this game. Man, he was really defending really well, because I, I called him lazy in a few podcasts before this, because he really wasn't really, really super locked in and focused defensively but it seems like after a few weeks he's starting to lock in and it's impressive he's he's locking people down on ball he's blocking a few shots it's it's really good defense that he's making he's making really good um growth in that area but he has a lot of potential in that area because how fluid he is how strong he is how athletic he is he could be an extremely elite defender I still feel really confident about my comp to him, which is Jared Wallace, who's a world-class athlete, really strong, really could be dominant at the rim, Uh, more of a modernized version. So, you know, I used to have a grade on him three through five. I do think, like, the upside of him becoming shot creation off of his athletic gifts is becoming a little more unrealistic. So I'm moving him draft grade rise a six through eight draft pick instead of a three through five. I don't think he's a top five pick worthy talent, even though he didn't move on the big board. Cause I don't really have anybody else other than three guys that I view as top three, five picks. So right now he's still staying where he stayed on the big board, but um, he's moving down a little bit in my draft grade. Cause I think the shot creation is not as viable as an upside as used to. I used to think it could have been because the three point shot I thought could have come around a little bit more. 23% it's really bad um, through 15 games played. So, and basically, I feel like somebody that he reminds me a lot of that can really, even though Jared Wallace is an older name, he's very similar t- to Jonathan Kuminga in like the world-class athletic gifts, how that athletic gifts can translate to what it could be defensively, how world-class he is at getting to the rim. I think he's a little bit better handle and he's a little better getting to the rim, but I feel like as a as a big time athlete upside guy, I feel like the most recent name that I can think of is Jonathan Kuminga to put things in perspective. 
Alrighty. And then we're gonna go ahead and talk about the next man up from that game, Matas Buzelis. Six foot ten. Reynolds played eight games. He's averaging thirteen a game. Forty eight percent field goal percentage, twenty two percent three point percentage, and he's shooting seventy six percent from the three throw line. And he's given you about two assists a game. So Matas is He's different than Ron Holland, where that three-point shot is more important because he doesn't have Ron Holland's athleticness. He may be 6'10", power forward, and one of the things he's great at, he's great at driving to the rim. He has a really unique like floater touch shot, like four to eight feet away from the rim that usually goes in. It looks highly skilled, and he can really get to the rim and be really efficient. That's why he has such a high field goal percentage. It's not like he's dunking at the rim like Ron Holland or going to the free throw line as elitely as Ron Holland is. He has a really great touch in the paint. That's the best way to explain it. Um, and, you know, he has really good finishing ability. I saw him drive to the rim on the baseline with a really nice, you know, fake the layup and left hand and finish with the right hand, like kind of finishing underneath the rim. That was really nice. Um, so he has a really good finishing ability. Um, and... He's an average to below average defender. People will always attack how tight-hipped he is. Quicker people will always give him some issues. Um, But the 6'10 height does allow him to make up for those things. He's still so intelligent. Man, can he pass the basketball. His two assists a game does not talk about how wow. He makes me say wow when he passes the basketball. There was a bounce pass that he hit to Ron Holland that was just unreal. Um... You know what I mean? And he's a really good passer. Point forward upside is genuinely there, right? But the issue is the three-point shot is more of an issue than for him than it is for Ron Holland because the idea of him being a point forward without his ability to shoot the three is an issue. Even though he can get downhill and go to the rim, most power forwards today can shoot that three. And 22% is terrible. And I do think he has a little bit of a hitch in his shot as well, so... I've moved him down my big board from, I think I had him like as 8 to 10 draft grade because I, cause I genuinely thought that this three-point shot would fix itself. Right now I have 14 through 18, and I have him right next to Justin Edwards on my big board who has similar issues where the three-point shot, where they, with three-point shot is issue, but they have great gifts. Justin Edwards has great athletic gifts, and Matas Bazelos has great point-forward gifts, but they both have the same weaknesses of three-point shooting, so I have them right next to each other on my big board. I feel like they're very similar into, like, the high boom or bust upside that they have, uh, you know, and Matas Bazelos, because when your game is based around skill, like Matas Bazelos is, his ability to be elite is based on skill, but you can't shoot a three, well, then, you know, their skill-based scoring really gets hampered then. So, because people just sag off of him, but he's not so elite athletically that he's going to be able to beat people off the dribble like that. So, it's it's going to be tough for him in the NBA. He'll have some tough moments playing without that three-point shot. Um, so, hopefully, he can develop long-term, but 22% is not really that much to believe in long-term upside at three-point shooting. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and kick it to the next guy from the game. Somebody that I feel like is consistently underrated from this G League team is Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith, 16 games. 14, he's averaging 14 points per game, 47% field goal percentage, 35% three-point percentage. Um, he's not an assist guy. Uh, so basically, 
Tyler Smith, 6'9", really athletic, really switchable, really good in the pick and roll as a roller, a guy that can pop the rim, really can space and shoot the three, 35%, right? He is a 3 and D power forward that's really elite at that role-playing power forward. And I really feel like he's such a good NBA-ready talent because of that three-point shot and how fluid he is defensively and how he can guard multiple positions and you know, he can even roll to the basket and be a little bit of a lob threat as well. He's like this decently athletic guy. So, you know, Tyler Smith is the most surprising guy that's like, man, he's really good, you know. Okay, so the next man up is Izan Almanza. Izan Almanza still has the same issues. Sadly for him, he's a tweener. What do I mean by that? He's 6'10". He, he doesn't really look like he has still... I still don't believe that he has the frame to put on that much muscle to really be able to play the center position so then he gets stuck being a power forward. He's one heck of a defender. Switchable, guard the rim, really can guard multiple positions, moves his feet so well. But, you know, the in, and he's a good post player, and he gets the ball in his hands and can really go dri- dribble to the rim and finish. Like, he's versatile, but the, the highs really hamper <laughs> The size, not the highs. The size really hampers him. So, you know, he's going to have to play power forward, and power forwards have to be able to shoot because he's not going to really be able to bring anything other than defending. And, you know what I mean? So he's, he's still an early second-round draft pick for me. I, I still think that, you know... There's some potential here, but I definitely feel like most people have in the second round now as well. So I think most people are seeing what I'm seeing is tween your size, sadly for him. Um, okay, so uh, Baba Carsane played in the game. He's the 6'6 post player, so that's not going to translate. I just want to say that now. Darian Darian still is not a NBA talent. He's 6'6. He's got a long wingspan, but he doesn't have any NBA skill. Alrighty, so we're gonna go ahead and kick it to the the game that I really want to talk about. The guy that I really want to talk about. So I have two guys back to back. This is gonna be really fun. The first one is Melvin and Hensia. Um, man, has it been one heck of a ride trying to find this guy's games. Uh, six foot seven, six foot eight, depending on what source you're getting his height from. He's averaging. Let's see here. He's playing in France. Averaging, let's see, 9.3 points per game off 24 minutes played, 35% field goal percentage, three point percentage, I meant to say, 35% three point percentage, 46% two point percentage, and 86% from the free throw line, which is really great. So the first thing that wows you when you watch him, wowed me when I watched him the first time he watched him play in the U18 game, is Athleticus. The dude's extremely strong extremely athletic and really translate defensively. I mean, the man can really move his feet defensively, shut things down defensively. Strength matters more than the normal fan really realizes in the NBA because a lot of people have their shoulders and their forearms and the players and when they're going through their moves and things of that nature, especially wings when they're trying to get to some sort of shot creation, maybe in the mid range or in the post, you know what I mean? So it's very normal. So a guy that's a little stronger, is really going to make a difference offensively and defensively to play through those things. Uh, so when you talk about him, it's like, wow. Because when I watched him play the U18 game, I honestly thought his shot creation abilities were going to be really raw and we were going to look at terrible shooting percentages. So one thing that jumps out right away is, man, can nobody stay in front of him. He has such a good handle. Once he takes, like, 
one dribble and two steps, he's already by the guy. <laughs> like, like he's he's a good vertical athlete, but he's a great quickness and speed athlete. Like he is so elite off the dribble. Eh, eh, nobody can stay in front of him. Whenever he decides to go to the rim, is he's going to the rim and he's finishing with great athleticism. Man, it was so impressive. The dude's insane how big he blows by people. The athleticists are just genuinely elite speed and quickness-wise for that height. It's it's really impressive. Um, and, you know, the three-point shot looked so good, but one of the weirdest things I've ever seen is this guy comes off ball as a shooter. Like, like, think about the J.J. Reddicks of the world, the Duncan Robinsons of the world, the Max Truces of the world. Think about their ability to come off ball screens and be be a shooter in that situation and make that shot and come off screens. Like, you've seen the action thousands of times. I have never seen somebody so athletic run that. Man, was he wide open. <laughs> it was ridiculous. He looked so good, and he made it. And I was like, wait, what? This guy who's a freak athlete can do that? It's the most unique skill I've ever... I've never seen a 6'7 athlete be able to do that. You know, the only other guy that's that athletic that does in the NBA is Paul George, but I'm not comping him to Paul George. I'm saying the name Paul George, but I'm not saying he's Paul George. If I was saying Paul George, I'd be a little higher than him than he is. Okay, but that's the only guy I can think of at that height and that athletic that does come off those screens. It was so impressive, man. It was, it was like, where did this come from? Um, it's a really unique, like, four feet away, tough, left-handed finish at the rim. It's so odd, but it's like a really tough finish. He has a really good package. Um, there are some flashes of shot creation off the dribble. And, you know, his shooting splits are just way better than expected, right? And... You know, it's such a unique skill set. It's such a good three-point shot. It's somebody that he reminds me a lot of is Cam Whitmore. Now, Cam Whitmore was supposed to be like a top seven, top eight draft pick last year. He fell in the draft probably because some sort of health or personality reasons, right? But when we're talking, putting in perspective, Cam Whitmore was unbelievable off the dribble. He was unbelievable driving past people. Nobody could stay in front of him. Great athlete. A better speed and quickness athlete than a vertical athlete, but it's still like a good vertical athlete. And really good defensively. Really had showed flashes of unique shot creation and unique skill. And, you know, was really strong. And I feel like Melvin Adhensia reminds me so much body frame and athletic gifts wise. And, you know, some skill wise of, of Cam Whitmore last year. And if Melvin and Hitz was playing in Villanova, like we had Whitmore was last year, trust me, he would be more well-known because he plays in France. He doesn't play in the Euro Cup. He doesn't play in the FIBA World Leagues right now. So he's playing in the French League. It's extremely hard to find. There's, I've literally spent four hours of my life, four hours of my life, trying to find a game of Melvin and Hitz. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because it's so tough. People haven't really watched much, and you can't really find highlight tapes of them because it's tough to really find of them. But wow, 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 wow! Am I impressed? His shooting splits are great. You know what I mean? The thirty-four percent, thirty-five percent, three-point percentage for the way he plays and his gifts is really impressive. In the eighty-six percent free throw percentage, a good shooter like this, good shooting skill paired with these athletic gifts is really interesting. So, 
I have him graded sixth or eighth draft pick. Uh, he could move into the top five with more tape, and we definitely will be watching him play more. We're going to be watching a lot of these French guys um, from like February, Jan- no, January 13th and on. So, yeah, it's going to be really big. Wow, Melvin and Hensia, and I'm so excited. Pause. All right, let's kick it to somebody that I'm so excited to talk about. Again, I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I was trying to look for guys that you know could be the next Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City where they have great stats. Nobody really talks about him from small schools until later in the draft season. The guy that I found, the guy that I saw, is Xavier Johnson from Southern Illinois. Okay, let's get into these uh, other worldly ridiculous stats. He's 6'1", point guard. He's a senior. He's a fifth-year senior, so he's going to be like 23. He's averaging 24 points per game, 4 rebounds, 5.8 assists, let's see here, and 50% field goal percentage through 12 games. He's also shooting 45% from the three-point line, which is ridiculous. Last year he shot... 42%, 42%, so, you know, it's not like it's coming out of nowhere. He's also shooting 89.9, so basically 90% for the free throw line. Yeah, so this the these shooting splits and these stats are insane. And, you know, I've watched two games of him. The first game I watched was the most recent one where it was so weird because he is getting doubled as soon as the game starts. Every time he has the pick and roll, the center is sprinting at him, pushing the ball up. They don't care about, you know, the fact that the center is going to the rim wide open. They are doubling him on pick and roll every single time. I mean, they did this for the whole first half. And they were so committed to it that they were down 30 points. 30 points at the end of the first half. Where you, you just saw Xavier Johnson just t- dice them up with his passing. I mean, passing was really looking good. He was really making them pay with the, the with the doubling thing because he was passing so well. You know, being more of a decoy in those situations, just accepting what the defense is giving him and just playing. I'm at, at the end of the first half, and I'm like, there's no way they down thirty. After the thing got down 30 from doubling him the whole time. All right, I'm going to do that next half. It makes no sense. And then they double him until there's five minutes left in the game. They were down 30 at halftime. <laughs> they lost by 31. Like, they're just like, what is going on here? Unless this is college version of Michael Jordan. Like, what in the world are we doubling him for? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For this long. And then like last five minutes of the game, I see some really elite like three-point shot creation out of him and the ability to kind of get around a guy and you know he has i'd say above average nba athleticus you know he's a quicker fast guy not overly vertically gifted but he's quick and fast you know not overly quick and fast but he's quick and fast the best way to explain it he's also decently strong as well Right, you start seeing some flashes like ooh, with his. And he's also a pretty good on-ball defender. He's really intelligent. He's so smart. Sometimes he just like populates right where the ball is going to be and gets some free steals. Like it's really impressive how natural a feel he has for stealing the basketball and getting in the passing lanes. He's really intelligent. He makes things tough, really tough for teams. Um, he's so smart. He just he just spawns in places where the balls are going to be or spawns in an area where it's going to make the t- team a tough for them to attack that certain area where they want to. He's really he's really intelligent. Um, so, you know, I saw an intelligent guy that flashed a three-point shot, and I was like, wow, that was really interesting. I have him graded as an early second-round draft pick, and then I find this game where he plays against Oklahoma State earlier in the year. And you find out why in this game. They doubled up with the whole game. Okay, let's talk about the Oklahoma State game where he dropped 32 points and five assists. Okay, all right. This is going to be fun. All right, so first thing first, Oklahoma State, if you don't know, they play in the Big 12. They're a Power 5 school. Power 5 school is like the best five conferences, and NCAA doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball. These are where the elite athletes go. These are where the elite Athlete strong guys go four or five pro- five star prospects, right? Like everybody's trying to get there, right? So even though they're a lower level Big Twelve school, they're still a Big Twelve school, and they still get really elite talent. So I was like, man, I really need to see this guy against elite talent. Well, okay, <laughs> oh, wow. All right, let's talk about this crazy game. I mean, first things first, Xavier Johnson's three point shot creation is insane. Uh, it's extremely elite to the point in time where I got to throw out names like Dame, Steph, Trey Young to bring comparisons because sometimes you'll see like one to two in a game, but like eight to 10 times this game, I saw him attack the feet and like have a step back three or, you know, a sidestep to the right or sidestep to the left and hit these ridiculously highly tough three point shots that are insane and he's doing against Oklahoma State with good athletes and good strength athletes and like these guys are very athletic they're tall and he's also getting to the rim so well I mean he's just got a great crossover and he can really get to the rim and go to the free throw line he he lived at the free throw line he shot 15 three throws against Oklahoma State it was insane he kept on drawing fouls he kept on attacking the rim he has a really good crossover. And what he's really great at is he connects that ability to get to the rim to this three-point shot creation. So once you start biting, like he, he kept on beating them. And he getting, getting to the rim, getting to the rim. And then they started biting on it. And then he started cooking them for the three-point line. I'm like, what can you do with him? It's ridiculous. I, I, it's, it's, the footwork is amazing. It's so hard to explain it. The footwork of the three-point shot's amazing. The ability to play off the defender's feet, okay, their feet's positioned this way. Okay, I'm going to attack high, you know, the top foot. His ability to break down players is clinical. 
it's clinical. It's it's so special. His deep three, his three point shot creation is extremely elite. It is special. It is genuinely special. I, I, I can't, I'm trying to find the words, but it's just insane. He also has a pull up mid range shot. He has some crazy fadeaway mid range shots in this game as well. Because, like, what can you do with him? If he's got all of this in his bag, he's still such a great passer, great defender. And just like I talked about in the, about the previous game, the reason why they won this game is because Oklahoma State. There's a few minutes left in the game, and his defensive brain turns on, and a guy tries driving to the rim, and he's help side, and he gets a steal and gets a free layup. And that really, it's really what seals the game for them, right? And that was huge. And this guy's so intelligent. It's a great mix of highly intelligent player that's got the build and can really get to the rim and plays off that ability to get the rim so well, right? And the modern point guard's even though he's a good passer, are more shot creators than they are passers. So his shot creation ability is so needed and necessary. And wow, he tore them up. He was by far the best player on the court against Oklahoma State. He looked like they weren't even on their in his level. Stratosphere, whatever you want to say. He carried them to a win. It was ridiculous. This is insanely elite three-point shot creation. I I can't put it into words. Like, I, I've never seen, I've truly never seen the last four years of doing this, a guy do it as many times in the game as he does. Because you'll see it, like, maybe once, twice, right? You know, I saw it once with Jacoby Walter, a late shot clock against Auburn, where he had the really great step back three. And that's, like, the only time we've seen it. But, like, at the end of the year, we'll talk about, like, man, he shows flashes of shot creation because I've seen it, like, once or twice, right? You see it through a few games. Like, most of the time, these guys don't do this eight to ten times where they're showing you that three-point shot creation on an extremely elite level. The volume of it is where it's special and because it applies to his ability to get to the rim and be so versatile. I'm really high on this guy. He's wowed. And the fact that he's shooting off of these tough shots 45% from the three-point line? What? That just doesn't exist. Look, look, a guy with this kind of skill and eye test makes sense why in Southern Illinois, he's averaging 24, 5, 5 and 50% field goal percentage. It makes sense why the team that watched them just run through Oklahoma State was like, fuck this, we're doubling him the full game. I don't care if we lose by 30. We we can't let him beat us because he beat Oklahoma State, right? He was the driving stores. And we're definitely going to watch more f- full games of him. This, this is the second full game. Um, I also played James Madison where he j- dropped 38 against a great team in this lower level basketball, but D1 basketball. It's, you know, I don't want to hear anything either about, oh my gosh, smaller school. Well, for about five, five years, the best two point guards in the NBA were Dame Lillard and Steph Curry. Oh yeah, they're from Davidson, Weber State. So I don't want to hear anything about oh my gosh small school bias look look this is what skill overcomes everything look he's an average athlete it's not like he's going to be so slow where he's not going to be able to get the shots off right and he's so his ability to drive to the rim is not athleticism based it's a, he's a stronger guy in his ability to take angles play through contact he really plays through guys bodies put their puts his shoulder through him and he really makes it tough for them to contest his shot at the rim he does it through intelligence and angles, and that intelligence and angles isn't going anywhere. 
right? It's not like he's so poor athletically that's going to be overcome with other athletic gifts. But, man, I have him graded 12, 10 through 12 in the draft. It's amazing. And he honestly has, like, top five-ish pick potential because his three-point shot creation is that insane. It's just that special. Wow, 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 and more wow. Um, and the more I think about it, I'll have to think about that comp a little bit more. I might I might comp him to somebody that's in the NBA right now, but I'm not going to say that name yet until I do some more research, but a, a name did just come into my head. So, yeah, this is amazing. I can't wait to talk about this more. I'll talk about this comp. Maybe I'll think about it more. Maybe think about that comp, but wow. Xavier Johnson, boss. Alrighty, so next game up is going to be Duke versus Arkansas. So in that game, we have Jared McCain, Tyrese Proctor, Sean Stewart, Mike Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski. Sean Stewart didn't, is not really an NBA prospect, so we're not going to really talk about him that much. Mark Mitchell still is shooting so poorly from the three-point line. Right now, it is 5.3%. Uh, yeah, he's still not a draftable prospect until that three-point shot comes up. He's a good driver to the rim, but the idea of him being an NBA is 3 and D based. Without that three-point shooting, he's not an NBA guy. Alrighty, so the big two guys to talk about from Duke are Tyrese Proctor and Kyle Filipowski. We're going to go ahead and talk about Tyrese Proctor first, a five point guard. Um, he's averaging 10 points a game, 4.5 assists, one steal, um, no blocks. Uh, let's see here. 43% field goal percentage, 32% three-point percentage. He's still a really great on-ball defender. And, you know, he's still such a very good athlete. It's still extremely disappointing. Like, dude, you are a 6'5 athlete, like, 90% of the NBA point guards in the NBA would trade their natural gifts for yours. 6'5 and a good athlete? There's a bunch of 6'1 guys that would love to have his, his gifts. And you know what they would do with his gifts? Drive to the rim. You know what he doesn't do with his gifts? Drive to the rim. Why? I have no clue. He gets a ton of pick and roll opportunities. It's open, it's there, it's natural in the flow of the pick and roll to drive to the rim and then, you know, dump it off to the center. But for some reason, he just doesn't do it. I, I, I It boggles my mind to be this gifted, <laughs> to not use it. I, I just, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how he does not use these gifts. Because, look, he has the gifts of a top five draft pick. There's a reason why preseason NBA mock drafts, he was top five-ish. Dude's got gifts, gifts, but he does not use them. Why? I, I g- genuinely boggles my mind how this guy's not dom- dominating at the rim. He should be, and it's crazy to me. Absolutely insane. Um, so he's he's a late first because again his gifts are so elite. The shooting splits aren't that bad, and you know what I mean. So he's kind of going to be viewed as a project point guard where. If you can get him to turn on the switch, he'll be elite. And it's hard for him to fall any lower than the first round unless he's shooting splits plummet because the potential is still there. The potential is too high, right? So he's one of those guys that you just want to get in the room and just yell at him and task him, why in the world do you walk around with those gifts and not use them? Because it's just insane to me. Um, 
So, you know, Tyrese Proctor, late first round grade right now, but he's not, he's, he's not going to drop much lower as long as the shooting steps, splits stay the same because he's got all of these gifts, but he does not use them. I, I it, It's unexplainable. He has more gifts than Nikola Topic. If he drove to the rim as much as Nikola Topic what does, he'd be above him easily. Easily. Right? It's just, oh my gosh. Okay. Now that my venting is done for this, go ahead and go to Kyle Velvaski. <laughs> you know, through 11 games played, he's averaging 18 a game, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, um, almost 2 blocks, 50% field goal percentage, 72% free throw percentage, 30% 3-point percentage. I mean, this guy is, you know, still really good at posting, still really good moves. He has a very unique game where he he has the ball in his hands. He can kind of handle and get to the rim and have these tough shots in the face-up. Like, he's got some scoring skill there, and he's got some unique intrigue. But, you know, because he's a thinner guy and lack of athletic athletic players can still give him issues in theory. Um, And the three-point shot really needs to come around. 30% is really holding him back from what he possibly can be because – the passing jump is real. This guy's a, a above average to good passer for the center position. There's a lot of playmaking centers in the NBA. I'm not comp- comping Jokic and Sengun, but I'm just saying that the path for that passing skill to be used in the NBA is so obvious, right? So he's really interesting. It, the three-point shot's got to come around a little, little bit more, but you know, I, I still view him as a late first-round draft pick. I feel better about him than I did last year, and his post skills improved. He's got really great footwork. So yeah, Kyle Filipowski is staying at the late first. Alrighty, so Arkansas has got three guys on the list. I'll knock two of them out of the way right now. Bryce Fall and Layden Block were top 50 ESPN guys. Neither one of them are ready for the NBA um, at all. So we're just going to go ahead and talk about Trevon Brazil, who's listed at 6'10". I think he's 6'9", uh, but he's either 6'9 or 6'10". One heck of an athlete. I mean, dude, dude can jump over anybody at any time. He's a sophomore. Uh Let's see here. Their 12 games, his field goal, he's averaging 10 points a game, 7 rebounds, 48% field goal percentage, and 44% three-point percentage. Now, he doesn't do anything other than stand still threes and attacking the rim. Um, you know, I'd say he's an above average to good defender because he's a thinner frame, so he can get pushed around a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the intrigue is two years from now. Hale put on enough muscle to not get pushed around yell at less. And then he could be good to even great defender. Uh, because all the athletic gifts, six nine length, how smooth he is, so switchable, and he's such a good stand. Forty four percent three point percentage is really elite. Really elite standstill three point shooter. And a guy that has all the athletic gifts to get to the rim, has good enough handle to get to the rim. Uh, I'm guessing you're thinking what I'm thinking. 3D guy can play the power forward or the small forward if you have a really big lineup. But most teams are going to use him as the power forward. Um, you know what I mean? He's a really elite 3D guy. I haven't graded a late first-round draft pick. He doesn't have like a high high ceiling where he's got all this upside stuff like that. But he's got a really high floor as a really elite role player because... 6'9 length with those athletic gifts with the shooting splits don't come around very, very often. They're in a very high demand. He's got all of them. Checks off all those boxes. So Trayvon Brazil's as late first round draft pick for me. Alrighty. Break.
All right, so next game up is Baylor versus Florida. You know, this is going to be Jacoby Walter, Jalen Bridges, Yavas, Messi, all of that group. And I definitely feel like Jacoby Walter definitely showed what he's still known to be, which is really elite off ball, really good at getting three-point shots, really elite at that. He showed some flashes of getting to the rim as well. Um, still an above-average defender. His off-ball movement is just insane. There's still every once in a while some flashes of some shot creation. So I still have him graded 6 through 8 like I did before. I kind of feel the same about him previously than I do after this game. Third game we watched for him. Jalen Bridges, 6'9". Um, oh, I forgot to go over Jacoby Walter's stats. He's still averaging 15 a game off of 44% field goal percentage, 88% free throw percentage, 40, 40% three-point percentage. Okay. We're going to go ahead and kick it to Jalen Bridges. He's six foot nine. He's one heck of an athlete. Really super fluid, really strong, a senior. Um, he's averaging 10 a game on 48% field goal percentage, 87% free throw percentage, and 43% three-point percentage. This guy really makes such a high jump three-point shot. While he stands still three-point shooting, he's really elite. He's ready right now. Defensively, he's so good, man. He's so good at being physical, so good on ball. He's just he's very ready, NBA ready right now as a defender due to strength and athleticism and being 6'9 and long. So now I still have him graded as a mid-first-round draft pick because I feel like there's going to be a team that has a winning record that needs a guy right now to be a 3-and-D guy, and I feel like Jalen Bridges is ready to, be, ready to do that. Next game, next player up is Javis Messi. Javis Messi is six foot eleven. Um, I feel the exact same way I did about him last guy last time. Oh wait, I'll go over stats real quick. He's averaging ten a game, six rebounds, two point three blocks, zero uh, percent three point percentage, sixty three percent field goal percentage, and fifty one percent free throw percentage. Yeah, his free throw shots are not amazing. He's still a really great rebounder. Still a really great lob threat. He's still a really great screener, a good defender at the rim. I still really, really comp him to Mitchell Robinson. I feel really confident with that comp. And I still have the 8 through 10 grade on him. He's very NBA ready to be a center in the NBA. I definitely feel like he can do that. Do his role. Alrighty. So that's the end of Baylor. I'm going to go ahead and talk about Riley Krugel, six foot five forward shooting guard from Florida. His, his points per game is 11.6. He's averaging 38% field goal percentage and 26% three-point percentage. Um, so he had really great shooting splits until like four games ago. So over the last four games, he's had like terrible shooting splits. We shot like 0% from the three-point lane multiple games. None of those field goal percentages for that game, those games have been like better than 25%. So it's like been really poor shooting stretch. Um, Hopefully he gets out of it because these splits look so much better earlier in the season. Um, but right now, due, due to those splits, it really hampers his draft grade. I mean, he showed more flashes of shot creation in this game. He showed more flashes of being you know, able to get to the rim and mid-range shot creation, some three-point shot creation, those impressive stuff. And I had him graded like 15 through 16, assuming that the shooting splits were going to stick. Uh, but... Right now, due to this poor shooting splits, if that stays the same, then he's going to be a late second-round draft pick with some really interesting upside. Uh, hopefully, he gets the shooting splits around later in the season as time goes. I'm guessing he will. Um, everybody goes to their shooting slumps. It's not abnormal. So, 
And uh, yeah, that's the end. So I'll go ahead and intro what next week what next week we got going on. So next week we got Duke versus Syracuse. It's gonna be a really big game. Watching Judah Mintz for the second time, watching Jared McCain, Proctor, Mark Mitchell, Kyle Filipowski from Duke. Then we got Colorado versus Arizona. Colorado's got Cody Williams, Tristan Da Silva, um, really big name guys. Cody Williams is a board and laundry, and Tristan Da Silva is late first. Then with they, Arizona's got Caleb Love and Kylan Boswell, who some people have in the first round, some people have in the second round. 6'2 point guard. Caleb Love, 6'4. A few years ago, he had some draft hype when he led UNC to that national championship run. So it's going to be interesting to see how where he's at because efficiency was always his issue. He had interesting shot creation ability. And then <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Terrence Shannon's going to be playing next week. Oh, man, January 5th. I can't wait to watch that against Purdue. Zach Eady, we get to watch him against the Giant. <laughs> man, could you imagine if he dunks on him in that game? That'd be crazy. Yeah, the Terrence Shannon guy I love so much versus Zach Eady, who's a second-round draft pick. Um, but then in the next game, somebody we haven't talked about in a minute, we're going to watch the NBL and watch Alex Starr play. It's been a minute since we scouted Alex Starr, watched him a lot earlier in the season. If you guys want to hear me talk about him, we watched him so many times earlier in this uh, podcast this, this year. But we're going to watch him play against Bobby Clipman, who is a very highly rated like first-round draft pick. Alex Starr is the number one draft pick in a lot of people's big boards and my number one guy. And so in the same week, we get to watch the number one guy on the big board and the number two guy on the big board. It's going to be a really good week to try to decipher who's going to be my number one guy it's gonna be a big week and then we got indiana versus yukon the game that i was going to watch this week until i watched southern illinois kid just absolutely destroy basketball so kylo wherever versus uh donovan Klingon is the the real matchup there i'm really excited to talk about that you know what i mean and it's it's it was really good and really interesting so man it's gonna be such a good week um i'm recording this a few days i think this is a few days before New Year's. So this is going to be a New Year's podcast where I'm not going to release it on New Year's Day, but the Thursday of the work week of New Year's is when it's going to drop. So Happy New Year's to you guys. I really appreciate all the listeners. I really appreciate uh, all the likes, all the comments, anything of that nature. Anybody's just listening because you enjoy the podcast, even if you don't interact with anything, it's okay. I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope you guys keep on listening. And I really can't wait to talk to you guys next week about these guys man Terrence Shannon and Alex Sar. I'm so excited all right well thank you guys for listening to pick and roll podcast and you guys all have a great week bye-bye